Hey y'all, welcome. Come on in and uh, grab a seat. We're glad you're here to Maceway tonight and uh, we're going to get started um, with um, our call to gather. The seven rejoices of Mary. The uh, coffee should be brewing. If it's not warm yet, it'll be just a few more minutes. We had a power cord uh, issue, so we got some power cords to come in a little bit late, so the water should warm up momentarily. This is week three of Advent, of the Advent season, and... Um, We've been uh, looking at some different songs that have been musical versions of Mary's song. And one of the tunes that we've done a couple times is Kinnacle of the Turning, which is an Irish traditional version of Mary's song. This is to the same tune, to the Kinnacle tune, but uh, it's different words. And um, this is uh, another traditional, but it's the lyrics are the seven rejoices of Mary. So uh, talking about uh, kind of the journey of Mary with Jesus as the Christ child and then as he grows. So uh, that's why we're bringing this one uh, in tonight. And um, if you've heard Canticle Turning, you'll be able to sing the melody. If not, you'll pick it up quickly because it's an easy melody. The first good joy that Mary had, it was the joy of one. The first rejoice that Mary had was to see her newborn son. To see her newborn son, good man, and blessed may he be. Sing Father, Son, and Holy Ghost to all eternity. So if you're getting the hang of that, we'll try that again. The first good joy. The first good joy that Mary had was the joy of one. The first rejoice that Mary had was to see her newborn son. To see her newborn son, good man and blessed baby. Sing Father, Son, and Holy Ghost to all eternity. The next good joy that Mary had, it was the joy of two. To see her own son Jesus make the lame to go. The next rejoice that Mary had, it was the joy of three. To see her own son Jesus make the blind to see. To make the blind to see, good man and blessed may he be. Sing Father, Son, and Holy Ghost to all eternity. The next good joy our lady had, it was the joy of four. It was the rejoice of her dear son when he read the Bible, the next good joy that Mary had, it was the joy of five. To see her own son Jesus make the dead alive. To make the dead alive, good man and blessed may he be. Sing five. 
I'm Tim, and welcome to Emmaus Way. It's a, a delight to gather and worship together. One of the things that we say every week here at Emmaus Way is that we consider ourselves people who worship with the whole of our lives, but there's some, some really significant reasons of why we gather each week, and one is certainly to gather at the table where we live out the, the jubilee, the, the resurrection of Christ, and, and sharing bread and wine and juice with each other. Uh, we also come to hear each other's voices. We come to not only... Uh, uh, hope that God is redeeming this world, but listen to the signs of redemption and learn from each other and gather around text together. Though in Advent, we, we aren't in the middle of a text series right now since we've been doing station worship. So uh, again, it's a delight to have you with us. I was going to put somebody quickly on the spot. Um, where's, is Dan, Dan, any quick report from the Durham Can Assembly? We kind of came in last night, last week from that. Um, you want to give us a quick shout out on that? Yeah, so we were able to uh, get public commitments from uh, the city manager to uh, implement, make the implementations of the things that we located with regard to our neighborhood audits. Uh, so that was really good. He's going to meet with us in the next 90 days to go over those things and what's been going on with them. Uh, also, we were able to get good reports from the Durham Public Schools and their attempts to kind of upfit classrooms and to establish uh, more uh, or better ESL programs for young children who are coming into uh, the normal public schools from the families that are coming in. Um, and then also yesterday, um, I was able to attend a meeting on uh, kind of with NC United Power at the Center for Responsible Lending, talking about the ongoing economic situations in our congregations and some of the things that we're going to begin doing come the spring. Um, so we're kind of ramping back up the work that we're doing in regard to uh, talking to banks and talking to policymakers on interest about interest rates and interest rates both uh, with regard to housing, so foreclosure issues, uh, high interest rates, and how we can work that out. But also uh, an interesting thing developed with the Center for Responsible Lending, which is tied to self-help here in downtown Durham. Um, one of the ways in which people are really getting taken advantage of, of uh, is with car loans. Um, so we're going to begin to investigate that as well and begin to be, build an initiative around kind of responsible and fair lending when it comes to car loans as well. So. 
It's exciting to see some movement on that because most of our credit cards, if you read the, the fine print, say that, you know, hey, you're just a second late with one payment and you get the pleasure of paying 29.99% interest. And again, it's been, this has been a long project. So it's been exciting to see that, that moving. I think there's some upcoming events that you can get us in the, in the calendar at some point in January. There's a, there's a training session coming up for people who are interested in doing the leadership training with Cam the 29th of January. Um, we've got a couple people who are interested in attending that. I think David's going to go and Jacob Levin's going to go. He's here. Um, but if you're interested in doing that, um, it's, it's something that uh, will help you think about and kind of consider the way in which organizing takes place and what we're doing. Um, you can kind of see it from the backside and get the, get the idea of what it takes to kind of lead and organize people. So. Absolutely. Um, one quick announcement tonight about our station worship. One of our stations is not stationing tonight. Wade, do you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, Radonna's a little under the weather tonight, so she's really sorry. She just couldn't make it uh, to do body work, which she's been doing in the room around the corner. But next week, she said she'll be able to come for uh, like about two hours. So we need some folks who can sign up starting from actually a little before Maceway at quarter to five, and she's going to work all the way around to 745. So we'll have twice as much Radonna next week, but not as much so apologies if you were in for the, the 12-minute massage tonight. Uh, hopefully you can return next week for that. Uh, how, how many folks have, have kind of done that with Radana uh, yet? A few? And, and one of the, our hopes was that there was some, a sense of intervention with that in terms of kind of looking at your body. And, uh, and, and, and have you, have, has advice been given and good things related to that? What a gift that she's given to be a part of this community. So uh, that will be kind of an extended uh, deal next week. So we're very excited about that. Um, and one last thing, and I have this, my brain is like, it has that little beeping sound that I'm forgetting something. So if you've forgotten what I'm, oh, Denise, you want to tell us about Christmas Day and some other things, right? Um, Christmas Day, we'll be having, I think, our sixth annual Feeding Our Friends dinner. With um, It's hosted by Antioch Builds Community a partner organization that serves people in Northeast Central Durham. And this meal is for anyone in need of a warm meal on Christmas Day. And so we need help um, setting up on Christmas Eve morning at 10 o'clock. We'll be over at Antioch Baptist Church and just putting out tablecloths, that sort of thing, and sorting the coats um, because there is a coat <clears throat> giveaway there. There are a lot of people in Durham who don't have a warm coat and it's been very chilly and it's supposed to be a chilly winter. Um, so thank you. I see a lot of you have brought in coats, so thank you very much for that. Um, but those need to be sorted on um, Friday, which is Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, if you'd like to um, help serve food or just a lot of times we just need people to visit with the people who are there. Some people come alone and um, so it can feel really lonely to be in a crowded room and not have anyone to talk to. So if you just want to come and eat yourself and um, sit next to people and talk, that would be great. That's from 11 to 2, and they always need help cleaning up at 2. Yeah, I, this has been, we've done this, the, the Bainhams and the Condors and a bunch of us have done this almost every year. It's become really a part of Christmas Day for us. And the two things that Denise mentions are almost always needed. Clean up because it's Christmas Day, the more hands that are there. And truly just, it's funny, closing the gap between privilege and poverty, one small way that that happens is eating there. Uh, there are many people that we have dined with through the years who, um, who we've bumped 
bumped into all over town. In fact, two years ago, one of the best testimonies ever was a woman who was a, a cook at Duke University, and she was talking about how she was blessed by her her wages being raised uh, uh, three or four dollars an hour that year. And it was really fun to be a part of the living wage campaign for for Duke and Durham, and to hear somebody uh, feeding her Christmas dinner, her family Christmas dinner um, uh, on that day. So again, it's a great day. If you have questions about that, Denise or others can tell you about it. And if you're going to be out of town and would like to Yeah, and the, the, the alternative Christmas giving kind of station that we have back there that we've had cards and things like that for, we can't emphasize how much every year coats, particularly extra large men's coats, go in 40 minutes. I mean, that's you just kind of hear that request for the final couple hours and people wedging their way into a boy's large coat because it's been cold. So, so anyway, those are just really appreciated. And if you're really trying to kind of do alternative giving, this is a great way to start is to, 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 to hit somewhere where you can get coats that are new and low cost and, and bring them in. So it's fantastic. And Jenny, who I, Jenny, do we have an ecclesia coming up? Do we have a date set for that yet? Okay. That'll listen in January. Uh, we'll have one of our quarterly community meetings. So anyway, it's a delight to see all of you here. We've got a lot of guests tonight and a lot of folks we know. How many of you guys have an exam tomorrow morning? Do we have anybody who's kind of staring at a few exams? Uh, so, uh, well, maybe that could be your required miracle, you know, that, uh, uh that Travis, not, you know, Travis doesn't need any academic miracles, but, uh, but that would still be kind of cool. Like he could like answer the questions without having read them. That, that would be really Really special. When we ordain our folks here, we've required a miracle. Dan's got an incomplete on that, but he's going to get back to us with something really big. Uh, and so we're curious to hear from Amy. But hey, give you a chance to offer the peace of Christ to those who are around you. So stand up and, and greet those that are around you. If you're around somebody that you don't know, introduce yourself and we'll uh, call you back to order here in about uh, two minutes. Did the muddy dog coffee get brewed over there in time? It's uh, that'll be my miracle. I saw Amanda. I saw Amanda doing a little dance over there. So uh, hopefully, wherever Amanda is, she was on the front of the line for the for the uh, for the coffee. But uh, uh, but uh, but anyway, hey. Um, this is Amy Green. Uh, most of you know Amy, and I know she has friends from, from school here. And uh, one of the things we're really excited to do is to ordain Amy tonight. Um, Amy was an intern this summer. She did her field work, uh, probably, probably your second, was it your second term of field work yeah. um, uh, with, with Duke this summer. And we paid her so much money that she was kicking back going, there's just really no better option than working at Emmaus Way. Um, actually, for, for Amy, um, she's been a real gift to this community. Uh, she and Travis, uh, basically, uh, your first semester at Duke wandered in and have been vital to the life of Emmaus Way. Travis has been on our lead team for a couple years, two, three years now. A while, a, a good while, and and Amy has been just an incredible presence. And during her internship, one of the things that we'd already talked to her about a little bit was ordination, but wanted also to talk to her about joining our staff. And you know, our whole staff are our bivocational people, so there's always a little bit of a dance of making a living and figuring out what that looks like, and also work at the at, at Emmaus Way. And so one of the things that we're letting Amy kind of do is sort her life out, and and as we get into January, maybe the, even the ecclesia in January. 
January. We'll talk more about her role here, uh, but uh, she's been a gift to this community. We absolutely love her. We love Travis. These guys have been absolutely fantastic. Been part of one of the greatest kind of Florida recruiting classes of all time, right, Don? I mean, we, it's, been, it's been amazing the number of folks that we have localized from certain places. So Amy, I was going to have her tonight just talk a little bit about her journey into ministry. And, and we'll talk as well. And one of the things that's interesting in Emmaus Way is here you're in a community. And even in the ordination rite tonight, you're going to notice that our liturgy of belonging and our liturgy of confession is actually an ordination liturgy. This is a community that calls all of the people who choose to belong here ministers. And so in some ways, there's always the question that's begged is, you know, what is what is what does ordination mean in a community that ordains everybody and and that's always an invitation to this community as kind of part of it not only our free church tradition but our our passion of seeing this to be a community of people who are living and and walking and, and serving God together so that's an open invitation you'll notice even in uh, some of the more sacred things that we do things like baptism ash Wednesday you'll always notice that very rarely is it a staff person who's doing what might be deemed the priestly function Function because we want to make sure that you fully get that the language of minister applies to all of us. But nonetheless, um, one of the things that is significant is those who feel called to serve either professionally or the larger slice of their life or, or to some degree the privilege of ministry here is the privilege of having more responsibility, uh, knowing more things, caring more. It, it's it's a, in many ways... Um, uh, and the, the pleasure and the beauty of carrying the cross in a, in a certain way. And so Amy's been somebody who has done that from day one. Um, she has served in so many places. But Amy, tell us a little bit about your journey to, to, to Durham from Florida, to, to be at Duke Divinity, as well as into the ministry. Sure. Um, well, I was raised uh, in Tampa, Florida. My parents... Uh, so inter- introduce your yes, family. Yes, my friends. parents are right here. This is my dad and my mom, Shauna Diane Stewart, um, who are up from Florida. Um, and I had to kind of explain the, the weird ordination service that we do here. Weird, I don't know if that's the right word, the uh, different. Um, and I said, you'll know it when you see it, right? You'll get it when you see it. And so, um, so I'm very happy to have them here and very blessed. Um, so I was raised... Um, in a United Methodist church, um, grew up um, going to church from was very little, and um, I think really when ministry started to become even kind of an option for me was uh, within the youth group, and I um, just had a lot of really great friends and really great mentors that really encouraged me and um, and and kind of called out my gifts and graces and, and told me what I was good at. Um, when I went to college, that kind of shifted to um, what I like to call my bleeding heart liberal days, um, where I thought that I was going to save the world by going to law school and working for social justice. Not I thought that it was you... your Glenn Beck days. But no, 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 no. Okay, right. I mean, those are yet to come, I think, closer to the apocalypse. Um, so, <laughs> so um, actually, when Travis and I met um, in the, our senior year of college, I was taking the LSAT, and so he met me during a uh, very stressful time and somehow convinced me to go on a date with him, but um, that ended up well. Um, so and in college, I was um, involved in a campus ministry, a Wesley and kind of campus ministry, um, and just really knew that my life um, calling was going to be, um, it was going to look different than a lot of people's calling into ministry, but it was going to um, be shaped um, by, by God, and it was going to be somehow um, 
using what I feel, felt God had put in my life um, in some sort of professional way. I didn't know what that looks like, and I'm still figuring that out. Um, but after I graduated, I um, realized that the last thing I wanted to do was go to law school. Um, I wanted the law degree, but I did not want to go through three years of law school. And actually, my first kind of encounter with Duke was in high school. Um, I came to the Duke Youth Academy in uh, the fir their first year in 2001, and really just got exposed to the kind of rhythms of life within the Divinity School and within um, seminary. Um, really got to hear some really fabulous uh, professors speak. Um, and so that was kind of all always like in the back of my mind of maybe someday. Um, and so after Travis and I got married in 2006, we started kind of talking seriously about what the next stage of our life would look like. And I have a very gracious husband who said, I'm not ready to go back to school. You go for it. Um, so I came, we came to Durham in the fall of 2007. And my time at Duke and my time at Emmaus Way have intersected um, pretty much the entire time I've been here since We've been here since um, that fall, and I just feel like Emmaus Way has been so pivotal in um, really me processing um, kind of what uh, ministry could look like and giving me hope for um, the type of ministry that I think um, that I've always meant been meant for. Um, it just put it into practice. Um, to be in a community that I can uh, kind of use both theological training and relational skills um, in a kind of fluid way, and to be doing work um, with friends makes a huge difference. Um, and so while I'm very thankful for my Methodist roots, I think I have abandoned them and come into the uh, free church uh, heritage that my husband has uh, brought me into as well. Um, but no, I'm very glad to, um, for, for all of my formation, for the people that have supported me, um, when we do All Saints Day here, it's really, um, it's really meaningful for me because there really are a kind of legacy of saints in my life um, that have shaped and formed me. So, Amy has learned, uh, one of the things I think a lot of you guys know is that one of the really special gifts that she's done for this community has been part of our text team for about two years. And you know, there's a group of us that meet on Tuesdays uh, uh, that, that pour over the text and interpret together and uh, toss and turn. And, and her voice has been a part of all of the dialogues that we've done. And you've learned very quickly, you talk about ministry with Kent, uh, friends, that that stool right there is the most vulnerable stool on earth. We, we laugh that, uh, you know, there's a million times I've preached uh, with, you know, maybe a thousand people in a room, but you can't see but about 20 of them if you're under the lights. But to kind of sit here in the middle of people that you call dear friends and you can, you can see their expressions, you can see when they disagree, when they're passionate about something is an incredibly vulnerable. And I think that's been part of it. And Wade, you said this, the musicians who've played here, many of whom have, uh, you know, Dale and, and many have played stadium-sized uh, concerts, they, uh, but they refer to this as an incredibly vulnerable experience. And I think that's one of the things to be very aware of is that life and ministry to Mayus Way is ministry that's lived out among really dear friends. And uh, we're, we don't have a situation here, and we love that. When a butterfly flaps their wings in Australia, you find about it in three months. We find about it in, in an hour here. And so uh, Amy has had that experience, uh, and I think you say that well. Yes, I'm, I'm really thankful for, um, I mean, being at Emmaus Way and being in this kind of leading dialogue position, um, I mean, you can't put 
any masks on, right? Like you, like you said, you were looking into the faces and the eyes of your friends and people who you care about and people who are going to um, tell you, <laughs> hey, what you said or ask you questions, you know, if they, if they disagree with you or anything like that. So um, in a way, I feel really blessed. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel really blessed. But with some of my um, divinity classmates, I feel even more blessed because I'm like the place of vulnerability that I think that we get to at Emmaus Way happens so much quicker um, than it would if we had a pulpit in front of us um, or you know something like that. So I'm just really thankful for the opportunity to kind of be in a ministry like this so soon out of um, seminary. And really while I think Emmaus Way was my saving grace through seminary, I really do, um, to be in a church that loved me um, throughout that process um, and prepared me f- for ministry in a place where I would be doing ministry was huge. So. I think one of my favorite comments that you made, this was, I think in the fall, we had kind of a, an all staff meeting. So it was about eight or nine of us that were gathered. Jenny very host, uh, very graciously hosted at her home. And, and somebody had said at school or whenever, so they said, what do you have to do tomorrow? And you said, oh, we'll have staff meeting. And they go, oh, sorry about that. And you're like, no, this is great. Awesome. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to eat and drink and laugh okay. and pick on Jenny some. And then we're, we're going to get some stuff done. And okay. it's going to be. So anyway, you've been a gift. Uh, it's a privilege to kind of gather around you uh, tonight and to, um, to to be with you. I want to say um, one of the things that we'll do is we have a liturgy of ordination, but there also will be a moment where we're going to ask people to just kind of compress, even come close, uh, lay hands on Amy. They'll I'll lead a time of open prayer. So if, if you're a special friend that has come and want to speak a word of prayer, we, we kind of use the language of, 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 of tweets rather than oration because there's a lot of us here, but, but there'll be a chance for you to, to speak over Amy. And even before we get to that point, I'm going to ask you to kind of hold this in your brain. What are some special prayers that you have that people can be praying for you as you make this transition, not into a new community, you're known here, loved and trusted, but a new role in this community, as well as somebody who's, who's finished their master's degree now, and you're no longer a professional student, you're uh, something else. Um, so what, are there prayers that, that you bring? I would request? pray that um, I would find you know, a kind of day job that would allow me to, um, to use some of the gifts and the things that I've been, you know, studying and preparing for, um, that there would just be a seamless kind of transition between, you know, work, life and work and community and all of that, that there would be a way that that kind of comes together because on paper, it sure doesn't make sense, but I, um, so I'm just kind of would solicit those prayers for something to open up that, um, that I would feel good about and that, um, you know, would pay the bills while Travis is in school, but there would also be life-giving um, and allow me to, to do um, the work here that, that I've been called to. Fantastic. Well, you will receive those prayers tonight. And one of the things we wanted to do tonight is to have uh, Wade and Jenny and Dan and myself participate in your kind of liturgy of ordination. I think all of you have that with you. Does everybody have a copy or are really near somebody who has a copy of that? Um, and why don't you guys come and gather up around Amy here, and we've got a, a couple of microphones that we can do. Um, 
And just so you'll know the flow of this, for some of you, I know this is old hat. You've seen this many, many times. For others in certain traditions, you, you may not have ever seen an ordination uh, liturgy, perhaps except for Dan's. Uh, but one of the, f- the flow of this is that as a community, we'll confess our, our vows and values as a community first. And this is part of our minister's liturgy. But it's a reminder that, that uh, Amy's ordination and her life of faith does not exist apart from a, a community, from family and those who are striving together. So Dan will be leading us in in that part. And then there will be a charge to Amy that will be specific to her that she will respond to. You you heard Dan respond to the same charge a month or so ago. And then Wade will be leading us in, uh, in some prayers and blessings of the people so that you will be asked and invited to, to, to join that in prayer. And then Jenny will be kind of leading the call and response portion of the prayer. And then we will kind of gather and pray informally. I'll ask you to stand around Amy. And then what it's traditional for ordinations is that Amy will give a, a final blessing herself to the, to the people. And so that'll be the flow today. And uh, just raise your hand if you have any questions. And uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. So, <laughs> uh, Dan, if you'd lead us. So if you'll take up your liturgy, we're going to begin the uh, vows of the whole community. Um, In doing this, uh, we're reminded as a community that we together are called into uh, newness of life, Um, a new life lived together in the practice of our faith, Um, not simply the cognitive belief in some things that are going on or or some ideas that might be present, but in a holistic embodiment of the way of Christ in our lives. We say these things together as a community in the recognition that this doesn't fall necessarily on us individually to live out on our own, but to be lived out amongst ourselves, with ourselves, on the days when uh, I don't feel much like engaging missionally in Durham, some of you will continue to carry out the work of that for this body. So we say that together, and I invite all of you who want to participate to participate in the vows of the whole community. Uh, But these are the ones that are directed specifically to our Emmaus Way community. So join with me in the vows of the community. As those gathered in the name of Christ, we commit to the following principles. To imitate Christ in thought, word, deed, and affection. To simplify our lives through seeking sustainability in the use of our time, resources, and environment. To engage missionally in Durham and our larger communities as a redemptive presence and in faithful service. To foster proximity and mutuality amongst our fellow ministers and to work toward diversity and reconciliation in this community. To encourage one another in love, through truthful speech, support, and prayer. To cultivate the disciplines of continual prayer, consistent and collective study of the Word of God as found in the Holy Scriptures, participation in the daily life of the community, spiritual discernment, and authentic dialogue. And also now receive this as your charge. It will be your task, you, the community, to proclaim the good word and deed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to fashion your lives in accordance with its precepts. You are to love and serve the people among whom you work, caring alike for young and old, strong and weak, the rich and the poor. You are to proclaim the gospel, to declare God's forgiveness to penitent sinners, to pronounce God's blessing to share in the celebration of the mysteries of Christ's body and blood, and to perform the other tasks of the gospel entrusted to all of you. 
In all that you do, you are to nourish Christ's people from the riches of his, gra- from the riches of his grace and strengthen them to glorify God in this life and in that life to come. Thanks, Dan. Dan, you did a lot of great work writing that, uh, <laughs> that liturgy of confession for us. Amy, this is the charge to you. And so you see your responses there. And uh, we're delighted to ask you these questions because we, we already know the answers to them in terms of the life that you've lived here with us. So, Amy, are you persuaded that God has called you to the office of pastor? I am so persuaded. Will you accept this call and fulfill this trust and obedience to Christ? I will obey Christ and will serve in his name. Will you be faithful in prayer and in the study of Holy Scripture that you may have the mind of Christ? I will, for he is my help. Will you boldly proclaim and interpret the gospel of Christ, enlightening the minds and stirring up the conscience of your people? I will, in the power of the Spirit. As a pastor, will you encourage and support all people created beautifully by God in their gifts and ministries, nourish them from the riches of God's grace, pray for them without ceasing, and celebrate with them the sacraments of our redemption? I will, in the name of Christ, the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Will you guard the faith, unity, and discipline of the church? I will, for the love of God. Will you be merciful to all? Show compassion to the poor and strangers and defend those who have no helper. I will for the sake of Christ Jesus. Thank you. Now, this is your chance to confirm those vows of ordination. So this is to the community. Is it your will that we receive and ordain Amy as our pastor? That is our will. Will you uphold Amy and Travis, loving, supporting, and blessing them as they lead and serve our community? We will. Amen. Wait, if you'll lead us a prayer. These, uh, I'm going to speak our prayers of blessing for Amy. The scriptures tell us that our Savior Christ spent the whole night in prayer before he chose and sent forth his 12 apostles. Likewise, the apostles prayed before they appointed Matthias to be one of their number. Let us therefore follow their example and offer our prayers to Almighty God as we ordain Amy for the work to which we trust the Holy Spirit has called her. The Lord be with you. And also also with you. Let us pray. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church, that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which are cast down are being raised up and things which had grown old are being made new and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made. Your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. To you, O Father, all hearts are open. Fill, we pray, the heart of this your servant whom you have chosen to be a pastor in your church with such love of you and of all the people that she may feed and tend the flock of Christ and exercise without reproach the high priesthood to which you have called her, serving before you day and night in the ministry of reconciliation, declaring pardon in your name, offering the holy gifts, and wisely overseeing the life and work of the church. 
In all these things, may she present before you the acceptable offering of a pure and gentle and holy life through Jesus Christ, your son, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and power and glory in the church now and forever. For Amy, received as a pastor in your church, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That she may faithfully fulfill the duties of this ministry, build up your church, and glorify your name, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, she may be sustained and encouraged to persevere to the end, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For Travis, may he be loved, upheld, and overwhelmed by your grace and our love, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Now I'm going to invite you, if you would, to either stand up or scrunch in if you're on the far side. But if you want to come close and and lay hands on Amy or lay hands on those who are laying hands on Amy, uh, please feel free to do that. Uh, We're pretty informal here, so uh, please feel free to just... uh, Get in a posture that makes you comfortable or take a posture of prayer uh, in, the, in the space out there. But uh, please gather around. And, um, and what we would like to do is just invite uh, any of you, again, uh, those uh, kind of brief words of prayer. That uh, if you'd like to speak aloud, we heard Amy's uh, kind of request of transition in life and getting uh, kind of that, that, that this transition from school to to uh, work here as well as uh, uh, other vocational work will, will occur for her. So again, I invite you to, to pray aloud any words that you've brought today. As Amy's parents, we pray to trust and obey and follow her on whatever she chooses, and she has our complete and total support. God, I thank you for a woman who has become an amazing friend, an amazing leader, and an amazing part of this community. Father, I'm privileged to partner with Amy in every part of my life, but I'm especially excited about getting to partner with her and serving you for all of our days. Lord, we thank you for Amy for the wonderful gifts that she brings to our community. Uh, for the wonderful uh, insight and uh, notes that she brings to us as a uh, a staff who are serving here, Lord, the way that she uh, helps us to see the things that sometimes we're blind to. We also thank you for Travis and for his work and support in serving her uh, and serving with her. Lord, we ask that you be with both of them as they continue to carry on uh, the mission uh, of your son and serve in this community.
Father, I'm thankful to have been around Amy and to watch her put people at ease and to be in the room when she smiles and encourages folks. And I know that that same ease and care that she shows people is also a part of the vulnerability where she allows people into her life. And um, that Travis and Amy are both being vulnerable in this position. We pray for your care for them and that you would um, strengthen them as they are vulnerable, that we know the kind of sacrifices it takes to offer yourself to people. And so we thank you for that and pray for your encouragement to them. I'm very grateful for Amy's vulnerability, for her trustworthiness, for her wisdom, and just for her encouragement. Lord, I pray that you would please offer those things to her and Travis as she embarks on this new season of life. God, I just pray that you would um, spread the road open wide before her, that she would find uh, another job that is well suited to her. And one that she can enjoy, one where her gifts are needed, and where she can meet needs of other people. And God, I just pray for encouragement for her as she looks, um, and just celebrate with her as she's finished. Lord, I join with these others in lifting up our prayers for Amy, for the ministry that you have already accomplished through her and for the fruits that her ministry will bear in the future. May she stand in times to come always in the line of those who have faithfully walked in your way in the spiritual leadership of your people or those that we look to with hope and courage Lydia, Priscilla, Junia, Hulda, and others. Many others who are not named. We ask this thing. For the sake of your kingdom, that we may all serve more deeply. Lord, we thank you for Amy, for her spirit, and for her heart, and um, we pray that you give her the strength and perseverance to wake up each day and to be Jesus to those around her. God, we are deeply privileged as a community to have so many here who bring tremendous gifts to this community, some who are trained in ministry, some who are trained in the life of your body, and some who just bring a powerful and inquisitive passion to seek your will and to live and embody it here. It's a, it's a privilege that is beyond our expectations when this community began. And we're deeply thankful for Amy's role in doing that. And we, uh, we pray as a community, as a staff team, as a community, as a group of gathered friends that we we pray that, as we've said in our vows tonight, we will be challenged by her voice, be challenged by her presence, be challenged by her life. And in ways where we disagree, we will take very seriously that uh, perhaps this is God's voice speaking and challenging us. Uh, and uh, we pray to be a community that's committed to the generosity and the generative nature of friendship that uh, we serve uh, not with uh 
power and authority over each other, but the authority that we take as, as leaders and pastors here is the authority to be the last and to, and to serve in many ways. And, and we do that in a, a community that is very, very hard to serve because they are serving so diligently themselves, that they're so committed to, to give and to care and to love each other. So um, we who uh, take the title of pastor here understand that we are uh, entering a space of incredible privilege, and we're delighted that Amy's in that space because we anticipate in many ways that you will teach us, challenge us, and compel us to love your gospel more by her presence in this community. We thank you, Jesus, for the gospel that you have embodied and brought to us and the privilege we have to serve you. Amen. Thank you, everybody. We'll reassemble ourselves and let Amy uh, give the, the final blessing here before we go to station worship. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The blessing, mercy, and grace of God. Almighty Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. As one of our stations, as we move into our station worship through Advent, one of our stations is obviously a station that we um, routinely have here. Uh, it is the cent one of the central rituals of our community gathering, which is the table. Um, and as we come tonight, I remind you that uh, at Emmaus Way, we celebrate an open table, meaning all of you are invited to partake of the body and blood of Christ, uh, to receive the grace of Christ into yourself so that you might be empowered to live the grace of God broken into the world through Christ in your daily lives and in the communities uh, outside of here and with the community here that you serve. Um, in doing that, the way that we do it is we come to the table with one another, breaking bread for one another, saying the body of Christ broken for you, and we pour wine or juice for one another, saying the blood of Christ shed for you. So you can do that with the people around you. Uh, you as ministers serving in this congregation are empowered to do that, to share the gifts of grace of Christ with one another. So as you move out now into the several stations that we have set up, uh, I will remind you that uh, make your way at some point to the communion table to celebrate the central practice of our communal worship together, where we celebrate the fact that uh, our faith is not something that we take home and we do in private. It is not something that has nothing to do with every aspect of our life. It may be just this, a, a kind of something that we might call spiritual, but it is a very embodied practiced, lived, and in some, in some sense, all-consuming uh, practice and life of who we are. I invite you now to move to the stations. Amen. I was going to just quickly name those stations real quickly. In the, in the far corner there, we have, uh, thanks to, to Sarah and Brett and others, we have a contemplative prayer space. And so if you want to uh, uh, gather and pray and, and listen and be silent, uh, that corner is a space for this. In this corner, we have uh, an alternative giving space that's available. And then up on the stage, we have a, an ongoing art station that is, uh, Denise, you want to explain our art station for folks? Uh, was your... Making a collage um, about just the revolutionary nature of Christmas and how 
um, with the coming of Christ, it changes things. Um, and so we're looking at just, there's Time Magazine's things if you want to cut stuff out and um, looking for images of where we haven't seen God's redemption yet, where we still, we see the needs in our community. And then on the right side, posting images that um, show the redemption that we can see in our community and where um, God's care and redemption is evident. So, and if you like to draw, um, you can draw your own picture. There's also some lyrics of songs that we've done this Advent. If you want to look through them and see if there's any words that kind of stand out to you and you can write those down. And one last thing about communion, uh, for you, those of you who are unfamiliar with Emmaus Way, it gets kind of loud and rowdy here, which we love. We understand that the that there's something very sacramental about our gathering with each other around the table and other forms of worship. So we see those encounters with each other as sacred. Uh, we also want to say, uh, and Amy, you might be up for this tonight as well, as a staff, we during communion, we're always available and desirous to pray with you. If you brought a burden tonight and you want somebody to pray, probably the person standing beside you is willing to do that, but don't hesitate to ask myself or Amy or Dan or Wade or any of us, Jenny, that to, to pray with you, we would consider that a privilege. So please uh, enjoy the stations and Wade will uh, call us back to the, at the very end tonight with, with uh, songs of response. Uh, so listen for his guitar tonight. You guys can make your way back. We're going to sing our songs of response for tonight to wrap up our time. Seven Rejoices of Mary. And I told you we, we'd done it from the tune of Canticle of the Turning, which is one of an Irish traditional version of Mary's song that she sung when she found out she was pregnant with a Christ child. So here's another song of Mary's um, that uh, is written by Amy Grant. This is Breath of Heaven. I have traveled many moonless nights, cold and weary, the babe inside, and I
We did this one uh, last year a lot as our theme song, so some of you may remember, You Are the Light. You are the light My dark right Paul <laughs> hey um, w- just before we send you out uh, thanks Wade by the way um, what did just well, the staff want to do this real quickly is just do a kind of a visual on on uh, at the end of Advent uh, Christmas fall I mean uh, the Sunday falls on the 26th and January 2nd how, just roughly using this as a sample group how many people are going to be around on the 26th it just helps us plan uh, for church that evening so not a lot of folks. <laughs> and how many people will be back on the second? 
That's uh, okay. That, that, that was our guess in terms of people out and about, because we're actually going to start a, a new series on spiritual autobiography that we're very excited to do in terms of storytelling. And one of the things that is going to be a real treat, Wade has a, a new CD out that uh, is, is now available. And, and you're going to hear that performed by uh, several musicians on the 9th of January as an example of spiritual autobiography. But that's something to look forward to. We'll, we'll kind of crank, crank that up on January 2nd. And there's lots of folks, uh, Amy and Larry and a whole bunch of folks, Dan and others are kind of part of brewing that up. So that will kind of help us plan and look in the, uh, the weekly that Chelsea sends out. We'll have some special instructions on the 26th, but we're, but because traditionally a lot of people in our community are, are gone on that, that Sunday closest to Christmas, we're going to do something very casual, not unlike the 4th of July this year. We're going to encourage you to bring, uh, leftover uh, desserts and food from Christmas and we'll gather and have a meal and a couple of things. Uh, prayer and music is a part of our worship gathering. So uh, just read what comes. But it was a pleasure, Amy, to be a part of this rite of passage. And and this has been a, a year, uh, I encourage you to reflect on our year. We've had so many amazing passages in this community. I look around, we've had so many great weddings. We've had new children and just we've been gifted by, by much transition toward hope in this space and more to come. And so uh, we're just excited to, to, to enjoy one more of those rites of passages. So I send you out with uh, an expectation of God's mercy, God's grace, peace, and redemption in your life uh, this week and beyond. Amen. Yeah, one quick thing too, uh, with the um, Emmaus Way Christmas Project, some of you have emailed me, I've gotten several emails about CDs, and we'd love for you guys to make CDs if that's what you'd like to do, um, and if you have gifts that you want to give to people who are not savvy with the download thing, certainly um, download and make CDs and give them to them, and then you can just make a donation to Emmaus Way for that. If you don't know how to make a CD out of MP3 downloads, um, it's really easy to do with iTunes or Windows Media Player or whatever, but you can certainly email me about that or ask one of your friends. But feel free to do that. Thanks. Go in peace.